good try. Praise the Lord, church. I'm going to set those there because if not, I will mix them up in, in my notes and get going and feel like those are part of my notes. <laughs> um, glad to see so many here this morning. I think the last time I taught, it was a little scarce, but, you know, where there's two or three and we're gathered in his name, God is going to be in the midst. So I don't think you ever get up here and you're not nervous. So I'm going to try not to breathe hard and smack a lot. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny, um, me and my friend girls have a, a polo and uh, one of my best friends sent us a polo the other day and she was doing all of the smacking. And I was cracking, it wasn't Chandra. You can probably figure out who the other one is. I was cracking up. I said, this is what Fred be talking about. But um, either who, I'm a smacker, and I pray y'all still love me anyway. You know, the Lord uses smackers. I'm trying to find my scripture in here and to alleviate some of these nerves and just stand here and get my footing in the spirit of the Lord. Um, I'm always thankful to get up and to minister. And the concept that the Lord gave me today was really simple. And I was telling Bishop that I was like, Lord, how am I going to spread this out <laughs> over 45 minutes um, or however long it might be? Uh, Lord knows I can talk for that long. So that's, that's, that's not the issue. It's just being able to take something that sometimes can seem so small and help us to realize how big it really is when we really apply it the way that we should and understand it. I have a lot of notes. <laughs> And I was also wrestling with kind of how I teach. And the Lord told me to be myself. And myself is just to share. I'm a writer. I'm an express writer. I'm an encourager. I'm an exhorter. And so I'm going to read off of my notes. <laughs> and the Lord's going to move. So just a, little, just a little bit of feeling here so I can kind of bring things home. And hopefully that helps. So just bear with me a little bit. Um, I was pacing around my home on Saturday. Um, when the thought of what I was going to teach um, was kind of being challenged. Um, the thoughts that filled my mind was I hadn't spent enough time with this um, over the week, but rather I had reserved it. It came from a moment that I had had with, my, with the Lord, a teaching moment that I had with the Lord myself, and I was like, I'm going to stick a pin in that. And the next time I teach, or one of the next times that I teach, I'm going to minister on that because it was small, but it was just so deep. However, um, though it was a beautiful moment that I had with the Lord, it seemed like it wouldn't be good enough or that maybe it would be too easy, if that makes sense. So if you've ever taught or ministered in this capacity on a regular, a more regular basis, um, you can feel like your first couple of messages seem to like just come straight down from heaven like fire or gold and then you get to a place where you're like, Lord, are you sure you want me to teach this? Is this the way that you want me to go? And I love how the Lord just um, ministered to me about how the word is the word. And it's those messages or lessons where there are no goosebumps that we have to rely on him. And the Lord kind of began to teach me as I was wrestling with my dumb flesh. And you know how the devil will come in and be like, oh, well, maybe, maybe you're just not qualified. And then he begins to go on his rant and put his two cents in. But the truth is we are not qualified. God qualifies us. And so in that moment, God began to encourage me. And 
I got it in my notes. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself. Um, and I know that I can't do things in my own strength and in my own wisdom, but it's the Lord that equips and the Lord that qualifies. And I am learning that in this specific capacity and in this season, the Lord usually uses me to speak from a place of experience. And all of the word of God, all of the word of God is good for reproof, for correction, for doctrine, for, and I'll add for encouraging, for exhorting one another, and our experiences and our testimonies. We overcome by our testimonies. And um, just like I said, it's just like the Holy Ghost. As I was wrestling with what to teach, this is how the Lord ministered it to me, kind of like a father. And I was pacing the floor. And the Holy Ghost just began to rise up in me and begin to minister that all of Scripture so sometimes we feel like as ministers of the word, you know, like that it has to come down like fire. You have to feel all the goosebumps and all these things and feel like this is what the Lord has for the church. There's going to be those messages and you always want a message that's for the church. But sometimes it's our experiences and what we know in the word and what we know that no matter where either of us could be, it's going to minister to somebody and that all of the word of God can do that no matter what. And I just love the Lord and that inner dialogue that I began to have with myself. And he was like, baby, it's, it's, if it's in here and if I've taken you through it, it's good and my people need it. So I just appreciate the Lord. I appreciate him. I'm kind of like trying to not be so focused on my notes. But as I was pacing, the word or the phrase that came to my mind, and I'm going to butcher the, the, the way you pronounce it, but it's Elroy He. And what I love about the Lord is this thought, because I began to think that my message, the thought that I had wasn't good enough. This particular thought encompassed what I had on my heart to minister and even more. God has a way of confirming things and reassuring, even without all the goosebumps. And so I got off in my own little space, and I was like, that's what I'm going to talk about. And... Um, I was like, well, maybe I've already taught about that. But the Lord just wouldn't let it move from my heart. God's character, his will is to equip us when he calls us. But it's not about us. But whether we are willing to let him use us. So no matter how grand or how small that we think a matter is, it is his spirit that equips us and can use us to make it mighty. So I said all of that to also throw in here and to encourage someone to be about the father's business. There's going to be a struggle. There's going to be a wrestle. You're going to have days. Bishop stopped me and they asked me, I can't remember how he phrased it, but oh, do you got a hot one? And I was like, well, it's a little simple. There's going to be days where you feel like this thing that you're doing for the Lord, you're so on fire. And then there's going to be those moments where you're just being obedient and just allowing yourself to be usable by the Lord. And that's the opportunity where we get to know him more and we get to know ourselves more and who we are in him. And that's where we grow, church. It's uncomfortable, but that's where we grow. So Elroy He, though this is not exactly my topic for today, is a statement, an element that we must understand and know when dealing with walking and what I hope to walking in what I hope to speak to us about today. Elroy He is only mentioned once in the Bible. And that is in Genesis 16 and 13. You don't have to go there. Um, this is when um, 
Hagar was in her situation, and this is what she called the Lord when he spoke to her in her situation. And in the scripture it says, thou God seest me. But that translation in Hebrew is Elrohi. When Hagar had her own encounter with the Almighty, she had ran from her home, from her duty, from her responsibilities, because how she was being treated, how it felt, everything she was going through, so to speak. So she was running from what her conditions or the conditions of her situation was, for lack of a better way to put that. Her mistress had harshly treated her, and that was the reason why she had basically ran away. She had done what she knew to do, what she was asked to do, even though I'm sure she probably didn't want to. She'd done what was expected of her, <clears throat> whether she had a choice or not. Sure, she might have had herself a moment because it says that she was despised in her mistress's eyes. Basically, she began to look down on her. But still, bless the Lord. The Lord bless you. But still, I'm sure it was still a hard thing to be in her position. And she was an Egyptian. And she was a maidservant. So she wasn't a part of that heritage. But she was in this household. And she was this woman's maid. And sometimes we don't see things from her perspective. But she was this woman's maid who felt like she couldn't have kids. She wouldn't trust in the Lord. And so she basically gave her to Abraham. Something I noticed when I was just looking over this story that I don't think I noticed before um, was that she, that they got married. Her and Abraham got married. So she wasn't just like a concubine. I'm thinking my whole recollection of the story, I'm just seeing Sarah give her maid to Abraham and they do whatever they do. And then she got pregnant and Abraham had a son. She got married. There was, there was a whole ceremony that took place. Wasn't no small thing somebody just did over the night and you got pregnant. Now, it was a whole situation. So she's taken from her home. She's in this house. She's in this situation that is just not favorable to her. And then she's made to do the unthinkable. And now she's in this position and she's being mistreated after doing all that she knows to do. So have you ever done all that you know to do in your situation but still feel unseen? Like, God, where are you at? You are frustrated, and if you are honest, you may be despising the Lord. And that simply means to look down on. And that doesn't mean like we hate God, but we get frustrated. Like, God, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm doing what you're asking of me. I feel like I'm giving it all that I got. I'm walking by faith. And all of this stuff is happening, and we can get our eyes off of God and take him from where he should be in our eyes and stick him on a shelf or stick him behind. We put our hands in things, and in that, we begin to kind of look down on the Lord. We don't take him as who he is in our situation. And you get, you get frustrated, and I've been there. It's tough to feel unseen, especially when you feel like you're doing all that you know to do, feeling unheard and still fighting to make it, to just hold on to what you know, despite of what you see, to fight for what you believe, especially in the face of opposition. So <clears throat> the teaching today may be a little twofold. It's kind of a little everywhere, but I'm, I'm hoping it ties together for you. As I would like to talk to us about the God who sees us and putting our trust in the Lord. So if I had to come up with a title, my title would be um, A God That Doesn't Sleep Nor Slumber. 
as we move on in the lesson today, I want to remind you to hold on to the thought, Elrohi, and know that God sees you. So my opening scripture for today is Psalms 121. If we can turn there. While you guys are turning, I'm going to blow my nose because I got all the allergies. Praise the Lord. Psalms 121, we're going to read that whole thing, verses 1 through verse 8. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hill, from whence my help cometh. From whence cometh my help? My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord thy keeper, the Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. That's your mind, your emotions, your thoughts, how you reason. The Lord will preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth and ever and even forevermore. And I have one more scripture. And that's Psalms 25, verse number one and two. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul, my mind, my emotions, my thoughts, my understanding and reasoning. O my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. You can be seated. I want to speak to us today about trusting in the Lord and remind someone that the Lord sees you. No matter what season or situation you are in in life, it is faith in action when we trust in the Lord. What the Lord recently revealed to me about trusting in him is that, I mean, it doesn't take a whole lot of time to explain, but I pray that the Lord will just help me to, to speak to us in a way that makes sense. It is an understanding that will minister to any situation. So as I mentioned, trusting in the Lord is an act of faith. Most of the time, the thing we are trusting, most of the time, the thing we are trusting the Lord in and with doesn't always look the way that we want it to look. And in those moments, we have to trust the Lord. The scripture states that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. It is unseen evidence. But here's the problem. This is the problem that we run into is that we are fleshly beings and we have a brain. Most, most of us. <laughs> we have a, a living, thinking, rationalizing organ that can be a blessing and a hindrance at the same time when it comes to walking by faith and, and trusting in the unseen. You see, your brain and how it naturally operates can be the very opposer of faith, therefore making it a struggle to walk in faith in times. I learned through some teaching that the way our brains fashion are fashioned to function when um, establishing what it's going to believe is that your brain begins to look for evidence. It's trying to process what you're trying to get it to believe. So 
it searches and it searches for that tangible memory or that situation that tells it that what you're wanting it to believe is truly factual. And this can work for you and against you at the same time. For example, when you're a, you know, when you're a little child or four little children and you tell them not to touch something that's hot and you tell them over and over, don't touch that, it's hot. Most of the times they got to figure it out on their own and they got to touch it and they get their little selves burnt. But from that point on, that chemical makeup in their brain is like, don't touch that. that that's hot. Mama said that was hot. And then we did that. And then you got the whole memory. The whole, you have the whole conversation where mama said don't. And then you see yourself walking over there. And you see yourself touching it. I mean, it's healed up. The burn is gone. And you still feel the burn from that situation. Your brain is remembering those things, and it's learning from that, and that becomes your belief system. So you believe that that hot iron or that thing is hot, so don't touch it. And maybe for some of us that are older, a better example is when we got our, our, um, our elders, I'll say it like that. I was going to say the old folks, which for me is a term of endearment, but I don't want anybody to get offended. And they warn us <laughs> about the choices we make or we don't make. And they try to protect us from making the same mistakes or going through the same experiences that they've already suffered through. But we just got to find out on our own. And so we do the hard way. But from that, most of us, not everybody, most of us learn to not do this or to not do that again. And our brain has now locked in on the evidence that it learned from that situation. So when we try to go that direction or do that thing, our brain sends a signal, our feelings, our emotions, that's sent to kind of guide us and to protect us. That doesn't always work when we're dealing with one another and when we're walking in faith because there are going to be people that hurt us. There are going to be people that use us. There are going to be situations that don't look like what we want them to look like. There are going to be times where the Lord tells you to go and you don't want to. Or the Lord tells you to go and you've already been there and you know what that feels like and you know what that outcome can be like. But that's still your way to go regardless. And trusting in God makes all of the difference. There are going to be times in our life when trusting in God goes against those chemical makeups in our brain. When life has proven the very opposite of what the spirit is calling you to and telling you to believe in. I don't believe that I, I'm probably going to share some personal things here. I don't really know how else to bring it about without getting a little personal. And generally I'm an open book, so it's fine. Um, I've recently stepped into a season that literally cannot be done without the Lord. And there are several people that know about it. And as much as they are how they are about it, I would just say, I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared because I know my brain is like, this is what happened the last time. This is what that felt like. This is what my brain is believing. The evidence that my brain has stored up is completely against what the Lord is calling me to do and what the Lord is calling me to believe. So I was struggling with myself with a situation that um, may or may not pan out the way that I want it to. It, and I mean, the situation altogether will, but it's moment to moment. 
And there are going to be times where it doesn't look or feel good, but I have to trust the Lord. So knowing that it was completely out of my hands, while also knowing that I'm here because God allowed, it's still a struggle. My problem was I was looking at the person and I was looking at the situation and I was worried about the decisions and the choices that the person could make and what the outlook would look like or feel like to me. Because I've been here. I know what this is like. My brain is saying, this goes this direction. While God is saying, I'm in this and trust me. And this, if I say it again because it's in my notes, then praise the Lord. I'm sitting there on my couch. I'm waiting on the Lord. I'm in this situation. And I'm like, all I can think is if they make this decision, then this is going to feel this way. And I already know what this is like. And I already know what's going to happen over here. And the Lord very sweetly, but also in a stern, fatherly kind of way, let me know where I was putting my trust. I wasn't putting my trust in what God said he was going to do. I was putting my trust in the man that could make a choice or decision that I felt like was going to make me feel this way or that way because that's what my brain was telling me. That's what it was remembering. It was searching for that evidence. But God's saying, it's not in the man. It's not in the situation it's God. What has God said? What has God ordained? Not what it looks like. It's the unseen. Faith is unseen evidence. In this moment, you can have that hope. But when you've been there and you've done that and you know what it feels like and you're exhausted and you're tired, all you see is what you know. And we have to, in those moments, especially the season that we're in church, we have to make sure that our trust is in the right place. And we have to know that God sees us. God sees us. You see, God gave me a promise years ago, and I watched it come, and I watched what I thought it would be, what I, how I thought it was going to work out. I watched that crumble literally right in front of me, and it was painful, but God never said it was done. God never said it was done. Now, as God has begun to do a new thing in that, and I'm not the same, nor are my thought process the same, thank the Lord, because I had a part to play. Um, the hurt, the pain, the failed expectations, that brokenness is still recorded in my brain. It's locked down in my memory log. So in a moment that looks similar to the last time, or the, well, we've been here before thoughts, begin to roll in in that sort of PTSD of what happened the last time begins to be the battlefield of my mind and the surface of my thoughts. And I struggle to believe what I feel in my spirit and will boldly say that I know God is doing. I realized that I was putting my trust in the wrong place. God spoke so clearly to me as I sat on my couch, <laughs> worried that the outcome could be just like the last time. And my brain was anchored in that belief because there was evidence there. There was evidence there. And so I had my own preconceived notions and what I thought. But God spoke to me in a statement of a way, don't put your trust in man, like I've already shared. It's our trust has to be in God. It's what he has said. Doesn't matter what it looks like. How often do we allow our circumstances, the actions of others, or possible lack thereof, to detect whether we believe what God has said. God has put some of us in positions that are so uncomfortable. 
They don't look like what we thought. They don't feel nothing like what we thought. We got ready to walk into that thing. We were hot, ready to do a thing for the Lord, ready to prove the devil wrong, ready to stomp on the stomp on the enemy. We were so ready to make changes, and then you get into it, and it's hard. And you go through things, and you get burnt, and you get hurt, and you get tired, and you get weary, and God is saying, I'm not done yet. I'm still going to do this thing. But to get to the other side, you have to show up. And you can't just show up half-hearted, waiting on things to fall apart. We went to um, a conference a few weeks ago, and the message was a complicated victory. And it spoke to where I was at then and then what it was going to look like getting through where I'm at now. There's going to be times where it's complicated. You don't understand what's going on and you have all these emotions and all of these feelings and really all you want to do is be like, okay, I'm good. I'm, uh, I'll pass. Um, just sharing and hopefully he don't feel some kind of way if he listens to this. This is about my relationship with real. And I, I've had moments where I'm like, all right, God, I'm good. I'm going to just go be single for like the rest of my life because this is, relationships are hard. And in this type, I guess I'm going to be a little personal, where things look like they have to be a certain kind of way. And even yourself, you buy hook, line, and sinker that this has to look like this, but your journey does not look like that. And you have to, when you are put in a position, and this could be us as the church for those coming in, loving one another, and you have to love people past their situation. The word says God's not willing that any parish but we're put here to be that light that draws people to them we're going to come across people who don't have it all together and not only just they don't have it all together and they come in a few services and they turn it around and they walk and write oh they're just doing such a great job no those that are going to come in and go out and come in and go out and be broken and while they're trying to heal from whatever has happened to them they might mistreat you in the process but you're the one that God placed flat-footed that scripture says he will not suffer your foot to be moved to be the one that ministers to them and in your own brokenness to be carrying them to a Christ that they haven't quite met and known quite how he could love them and how they can put their trust in them some of our journeys are are just tougher than others and I mean so honestly I'm like sitting there there's a situation going on we're handling some things differently but it's still scary because my mind goes okay this situation usually goes like this and so while I have opened myself up and and it's a lot of vulnerability to take that step there's that, okay, this, this, and this could happen, and I know what that feels like. But in that moment, I realized I'm allowing my enemy to triumph. I'm giving him the victory. God has said, this is it. Similar to when he told the disciples, let's go to the other side, right? We're going to get in this boat. We're going to go to the other side. And there's a storm. A storm comes. Ironically, my title is God doesn't sleep or slumber, but Jesus was sleeping in the boat. But he wasn't sleep. As, as this message is saying, he was asleep as, as full-on man and full-on God and knew we was going to the other side. He didn't care about no storm. He was going to get his rest because he knew when he got over there, he had work to do. So he was trying to get some rest, you know. And so he said, let's get in. Let's go to the other side. I'm just going to para paraphrase here. And the disciples are in the boat. They've been with him. They've seen some things that he's done. And all of the, the mighty works of the Lord's hands and the waves and the water from the storm begins to fill the boat. Yep, they said. This is what's about to happen. We're going to die. 
we're going to perish. Look, we're fishermen. We've been here. That Most of them, if not all, they were, they were fishermen. Some of them in the boat, they've been in situations. They've been in storms. They've been out trying to get the fish, and the water's done come, and they was like, listen, this ain't going over so good. We've been here. We're going to die. That is what their brain is telling them. This plus this equals that. While the Lord is asleep in the boat and done said, we're going to the other side. They have forgotten that not only was Jesus in the boat, he had already spoken, but they still believed that they were going to die. Would he let them die? Is God going to allow you to die in your situation? You might get kicked around a little bit. You might get beat up a little bit. It might be some days where it's all you can do to pull yourself like, I don't know, Velcro off the bed just to keep going. But God's not going to let you die. God's word at the end of the day trumps all. Jesus spoke. We're going over. Let's get in here and let's go over. Oh, that's a word for the church. We got to get in the boat, church. We have to get in the boat. And I mean, if the storm was that treacherous, it's likely that as they got in the boat, there were some clouds kind of a far back. And they probably had that thought, well, we got Jesus, you know. We see the clouds. We can get in that. We think, I'm, I can, this could happen, but I got the Lord. It's different, though, when the clouds full on roll in and you're in the storm. Not what could happen, but it is happening to you. We have to remember that Jesus is in the boat and that we're going to the other side. So in that moment when the Lord moved into my living room and that still small voice asked me that question, I knew and then encouraged myself like David did that it is not man's choices or man's decisions that I put my trust in. I put my trust in the Lord because he's already told me we're going to the other side. Doesn't it matter what this person's opinion is about it, how this person sees it, because the struggle is the struggle. The Lord said one of the one of the most profound things that my friend said to me. I reached out and I'm like, I just I need I'm grasping for what the Lord has told me. It's been such a long, a long journey, and I'm I'm having this moment. And she simply said, The Lord said, friend, sounds so small, but it's such a dynamic phrase. The Lord said, it's finished. If the Lord said it, it's finished, it's done. He didn't, he didn't talk about what all was in between and what you were going to have to go through. He just said it. So it's going to come to pass. And that is what it is because the Lord's word never, never fails. Never fails. That thing that he called you to, he's already equipped you to do it. You just have to trust in him. That is trusting in the God that's going to bring and give the ability for you to do it because he already said it. And this doesn't mean we won't go through things. We will go through things. Our faith will be tried. But it is that evidence, the unseen, that we must believe in and instill in our minds. We have to break up that wrong chemical makeup in our mind. And we have to reshape our way of thinking. God is for us, church. He is not against us. A very popular scripture commands us. It commands us to put our trust in the Lord. And to lean not to our own understanding. Everything that comes across your mind, every reasoning that you have for that situation or so-and-so has for that situation, the word is commanding us to not think that way. To put our trust in the Lord. He is higher and bigger and mightier and greater than anything that we could ever face. No matter what the situation looks like. 
But we can only get there and feel that and know that and live in that when we trust in him. Trusting in him is humbling yourself because you can't trust in God and have your, have your foot moving, your foot before his. Have your thought, well, God, I think it's going to go like this because this is my understanding. We have to completely sometimes abandon logic and reason to be and to walk in what God has called us to be and to walk. And I mean, sometimes that looks crazy. One day I'll testify, my story is crazy. <laughs> and I have, thank the Lord for the people that have been there to stand here and still say, God's still going to do it because I've seen it. I've seen it. He said it. He's confirmed it. Oh, it's messy. It's messy, church. The journey the disciples had with the Lord, it wasn't glitz and glam. It was messy, but God came and did what he said he was going to do. Your situation, all of us have been through something that if you've not been through something and God hasn't brought you through it, you wouldn't be here today. He's that same God. But I know through that circumstance, there was pain. There was, there was times where you wavered, where you were a little weary, but you're here today because something in you trusts that there's something here for you today. And you're trusting outside of your own circumstance, especially this season that we've been in to show up service after service experience some of the things that we've experienced that's a whole nother trust that God if I just get my if I just get my there's a possible chance because you are who you said that you are you spoke that there's going to be revival you spoke that there's going to be deliverance you said my family was going to rise up you said that I was going to minister the word that I was going to sing for you play for you be this that you were going to do this thing no matter what it looks like God is still able Trust is assurance. It is reliance on the integrity, strength, and ability of a person or thing. It is confidence. It is confidence. What promises has the Lord given you? What new thing has he shown that he wants to do in you, no matter what season you feel like you're in? Are you choosing to believe in him, to put your confidence in him or are you focused on the situation or the persons involved? It's not about them. Bishop says all the time, me and God make up the majority. And that's because you have a made up mind that no matter who says what, who does what, if God said it, that's where we're going and that's what we're doing. I might have to struggle a little bit. I might have to bleed a little bit. We are called to suffer with Christ. It's not always, most of the time, it's not going to be pretty. And it's in those moments that he gets the glory. And we know him more for ourselves and for our brother and our sister. We can pull them out the fire. We do not put our trust in man. It is God. It is the spirit that brings things to pass. We must place our confidence in the Lord and be sure that he is still in control. Lastly, I would like to remind someone that God sees you. Though this journey of mine, though it's kind of just begun, there have already been moments of fear and uncertainty in the past. There's been fears and uncertainty along the way. And there's that constant reminder. But I need to put my trust and I will put my trust in the Lord. The Lord has reminded me that he indeed is the El Roy He in my life. In these several weeks where there's been moments God has turned the situations around in my favor in a way that says, daughter, I see you. Something that was a big deal while I'm on my face and I'm praying, God, give me peace. I don't know. My brain is saying this, this, and this. God does something this big that he knows ministers to me in a grand way to where I know he sees me. 
in the situation. God sees you. The scripture says, I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from which cometh my help. The Lord is a very present help. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. When we look to him and we trust in him, we stand firm and he keeps us. When our mind is made up, he keeps us. The scripture goes on to state that God never sleeps nor slumbers. To sleep here means to be slack, to remain long, to grow old, or um, inverate, something like that, invertebrate, which means to lack in strength or force, to be listless, which is having or showing little interest in a thing, being indifferent without concern or caring. That is not the God that we serve. God sees you in your situation, in your struggle, where you're going, what you're wanting to do for him, what you're trusting and believing in him for, and he is not sleep, and he is not slumbered, and he cares about where you are and what you are going through. He has a deep care and a deep concern. The scripture said he knows the plans he has for us. They are, and his thoughts towards us are good. His plans are to prosper us. God is not in a state of slumber or lack of activity in, your, in the prayers that you're praying. Keep walking in faith. Set your eyes on the Lord and put your trust in him. Not the situation of who can make a decision and who can, who can do what. So much, sometimes we can get so caught up in the fact that man has free will that we forget at the end of the day, God is still the God that can influence the heart of men. It is not God's posture towards you to be inactive, indifferent, and without concern about what is going on in your life and weighing on your heart. In closing, I simply want to remind you that God sees you. Hold on to that statement. Elroy He. He sees you. Take your eyes off the size of the thing and the problem and your own abilities and your own understanding and put your trust in the Lord, the God who never sleeps nor slumbers. Praise the Lord, church.